Got to pick up 14 all the way down to the 28 for a first. It's man to man. All three receivers over here. All three corners over here. Stepping up and throwing, and it is knocked down by Gilmore. What a play by Gilmore. You're going to see him step up. The safety's right here. He gets behind him, and Westbrook has a step. It's really a pretty good ball by Bortles. He gives him a chance. It's just an incredible defensive play by Gilmore. Just an incredible play. It was a good throw. Bortles did a great job, stepped up. Oh. Bortles saw for just a moment it looked like it might be there. It had a chance. And there was pass interference. Look, there was a million things. Just an unbelievable play by Gilmore to time it perfectly. Who denies his old. All right, guys. So, what's up? Uh, good morning. Uh, that that was from the uh, game 2017, the uh, AFC Conference Championship. Um, well, you want some Monday motivation for you? There you go. Uh, you'd think a loss would be depressing, but you know that's the last time the Jags were um, had a great season, and uh, we were we were up close to the Super Bowl, just like the fans were not not even expecting. I think we just wanted to hit the wild card or uh, maybe the most divisional, but to beat um, the Bills and then the Steelers and then uh, get to the Patriots and then almost beat them, in my opinion, all of us. You know, we know we did. We know Miles Jack wasn't down. But, you know, um, teams have to overcome things like that, like the Saints and the Rams recently, um, you know, with that controversial call. Um, So good morning. What's up? You know what it is. It is TFWT, Talking Football with Tyler. Um, Got another podcast for you guys today. Uh, We're going to get... Get rolling with this. Uh, we got a couple. Actually, we got a big day. We got a, a lot of NFL stuff today, and we got some college football today as well. And the first time bringing that officially to the podcast, as far as college goes, um, I've been wanting to do it, but I didn't really um, have much I could I could kind of break down and talk about. And it's not much today, but it is a good little bit to cover. So, um, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Uh, my expectations. I'm gonna go ahead and, and drag back out. Well, I won't play the audio, but um, bring back the Jags and, and my expectations this season and uh, what I think the record could be and, and, you know, predictions and so forth coming up. Um, my expectations for the Jags, I mean, as a fan, you know, of course you want us, you know, we've been, we're, we're a win now team, like I was saying not too long ago in the recent podcast. Um, you know, it's tough because, you know, we're not deep in depth around offense or defense. I think our deepest position would be receiver and and the bad thing is they're all mediocre. Um and you know, right now I'd say we're mediocre. Um but it, at least we're we're building um a lot of young guys who who are who are starting to stack production and get up to the caliber they should be. Um but yeah, saying that we, we have no we're not deep at all on the team. Um and and, and I think that's kind of how the Rams were, even though last year, even though it really worked out for them because they had talent at each position and everybody came through. Um, they didn't have much injuries, unlike we did. And now, saying that to say this, their goal this this offseason that just passed was to get that to on the offensive side, defensive side, players ready for special teams, stuff like that. Uh, I think we're a season behind the Rams. I think we had a star quarterback. We had the star running back. Um, we have a good O line, you know. When they're when they're safe, I mean, when they're healthy, um, we have the best. I feel like we have a top five O line, passing and run blocking, especially run blocking. I think we have a really good O line, but they have to be healthy, um, and that's that's the thing with our team. Um, defense, obviously, we got a top defense. We had we had some moves this off season that. Um, a, a little bit of our, our team, you know, a few guys, more than a few, um, are gone, and, and we've added new pieces into the puzzle. Um, more of a money thing, obviously, for the next offseason for contract guys that are coming up. Uh, Jalen, for instance, Nick this season, for instance. Um, uh, who's coming up? Um, I'm sure Miles. Well, I'm not too sure. I'd have to, I'd have to look at that. But, um, yeah, so – 
um, my prediction or, you know, my expectations is that uh, this is going to be a tough division this year. I think, you know, overall, I think the it's going to be a battle just because I, I think it's going to be top dogs between Colts, us, and, and Tennessee. I, I, it's something with Houston that I'm not a firm believer in. I, I don't know if I just haven't heard about their offseason moves, but I'm not – I'm not huge into Houston this year, and, and I've seen a lot on the uh, NFL um, network that they haven't really been, you know, they, they, they're they not up there as far as draft grade goes. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, they lost Tyron Matthew. I believe he went to the Chiefs. I, I don't see, I mean, they've added some cute, uh, some few, like a few key pieces, I assume, you know, like a lot of teams do, but. I don't I don't know how big they are, but from what I know, I know Tennessee got way better on offense, and they have a decent defense. I know, obviously, I feel like the Colts didn't have a huge splash, but I feel like what the splash is is the fact that Andrew Lux had a full offseason. So I feel like uh, with him having a full offseason, I feel like that that's huge, and he can he can you know obviously get better and progress from that injury and now I have a full year of of playing football again I feel like that's huge for him and I feel like that's huge for our division the conference and clearly the league as well uh I don't I don't I think this is going to be a tough year but it's going to come down to who knows how to win games and and who's going to come clutch in them big time moments um so for sure I think I'd hope the Jags you know I mean it's just it's up in the air because we're we're a really 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 good team when we're staying away from injuries when we're staying away from stuff off the field that can keep the players off the field. Um, so the number of things that all come into uh, perspective. Or um, yeah, I just woke up, so forgive me. I, I'm I'm sounding kind of drunk. Maybe now I'm just playing, but I did just wake up. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, um, I I think. I, you know, my my least expectation is the Jags uh, finishing third. I feel like we're good enough that we can be second at the lead. You know, like if it, if it happens and comes down to it because, you know, I, I'm just a high believer in Andrew Luck. I don't know. That guy that guy is a he's a winner, you know, and, and, and he's a winner. Like, you know, you just can't you can't stay away. You can't get away from that. Like he knows how to win games. He's smart. And, and, you know, that injury was unfortunate, but he stayed. They stayed on it. The coach believed in him. They gave him that time. They gave him everything he needed. And now that he's back, you know, at first arm strength was a question when he first came back. But now, clearly, you know, the last eight games of the season, you know, maybe less than that, he's been – he was showing out and he was showing why the Colts are back. So, um, you know, I don't – I know a huge thing for the Colts is they have a great defense. It's full of – First and second round draft picks and some good free agency ads, that is you know pretty pretty big and, and they helped them blossom on defense because their defense was pretty miserable um, not too long ago, and their offensive line wasn't that well. But they built that offensive line for Andrew Luck to never be touched again, which you have to do when you have a quarterback of his caliber and as well as if he's injured, you don't want your other quarterbacks to get injured because that will happen. Uh, clearly, that's the the obvious um, trickle down effect. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, point out some, you know, uh, expectations or, you know, my my predictions of what I picked four players uh, on the Jags um, the season I think they have and the stats they put up. Uh, Nick Foles, let's just go ahead and point out that Nick Foles played five games last year. He uh, he went one, well, his, his throwing percentage was 72%. Uh, he threw for 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. And four interceptions. I'm gonna say that again. He threw 72%, not shabby, but you know, it's five games. He threw for 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns is good, four interceptions. Now, as a Jaguar fan, I and us, the fan base, are used to seeing interceptions. You know, like, like, I don't even know how to like nicely put that down, but. We're used to seeing that. That's just and, and that's just how it goes because of what we've been forced to deal with. Um, so yeah, fourteen hundred yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions, seventy-two percentage um, throwing. This year, I got him going um, full season. I, I, you know, I think we'll be fine. He'll be okay as far as injury goes. Um, I think he'll finally put up that full production. 
but I have him only going for 3,500 yards, um, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I didn't go too deep in, in uh, um, throwing percentage and stuff like that. But I do, yeah, like I said, I have those 3,500 yards uh, passing, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I feel like his interceptions is going to be kind of high, you know, because it's his first full year. He's back under his old offense coordinator with us this year that was with him in Philly. I feel like, you know, they're going to get back together. They're going to go on some things. So, you know, you know, you know, they'll make some things happen. Um, so I don't think it'll be a bad year at all. I think it'll be a pretty good year. And it's only Nick Foles. You can't put super in or hope to have super crazy outcomes when this guy is, he's never really put on a full season before. And if he did, you know, I mean, I don't think he did at all, uh, going back and looking at his stats. So he's a guy who's finally got a full season. He's got a whole team. He's the face of the franchise, and he's going to make things happen. Uh, sometimes he's going to force things to happen that don't necessarily have to happen. I think that's where the 12 interceptions happen. Uh, but as far as how good he actually is and – uh, what he can he can do. I think the 24 touchdowns is legit. I think 3,500 yards is may sound low, but that's going to lead me right to this is I got Leonard Fournette. He's my next player out of the four that I have, um, you know, that I think could, that's going to have a big year this year. He's going to get back to who he wants to be, who he should be, and what his expectation is for being a first-round pick. Um, so let's let's – Let's go in his 18 year. You know, he played eight games last season before, you know, having the whole hamstring issue and sitting and, and all those things like that, which last year was an ugly season for Leonard. Um, <clears throat> so last year he ran for um, just a quick one, and then I'll tell you his full season um, is 17, what his stats were, and then what you should look for and what I think it'll be his 19 year uh, coming up. He had uh, he played eight games last season. He had 133 carries for only, you know, 439 yards, which is like 3.4, I think, a carry. Um, he had five touchdowns, no fumbles. So out of eight games, he had no fumbles. He had those five touchdowns with just 400-plus yards rushing with 133 carries. Going into a full season, 13, well, not even a full, he played 13 games in 2017. He had 268 carries. That goes from, instead of 133 last year, he goes from 268 the year before. He had 1,040 yards rushing, nine touchdowns, almost double the touchdowns, um, and actually almost triple the yardage from five games, and he had two fumbles. Um, this year, I didn't make him – I didn't have him at 16 games because he's Leonard Fournette. He's a running back in this league. I put him at 14 games, uh, one more than what his 17-year his was when he had a breakout year. Um, I have him for – 280 carries, which, you know, his 17 year, it was 268. So I just added a bit more for, you know, that one game. I don't think he's going to get that many touches because we have a decent quarterback. So it's going to go hand in hand. Um, but I did give him 1,250 yards rushing. I think, like I said before, bringing up Leonard's stats and, and what I expect, this is the year he's going to show out, I believe, and that he has to because we're putting all of our chips in the middle between paying these people as far as foes and and these players that we've brought in because we have to win like this is it this is it other than that if none of this stuff eventually works out i feel like people are going to start getting traded out you know less talented guys who are going to have who could you know make the job work just not as great will come in for draft picks things of that nature um but you know it's just it's got to happen this year coming up um for sure, and 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 Foles is gonna have leisure because, you know, he's got that four year contract. But, you know, it's gotta work this year. Um, so twelve hundred fifty yards rushing compared to his one thousand forty he had in seventeen. Uh, I put fourteen touchdowns. Um, I feel like we're gonna utilize him more, but in a sense where. He's going to have bigger rushes. I feel like, you know, it's going to set the tone because Foles can air it out, gas out the defense, or vice versa. Fournette's going to, you know, run him down. And then the the pass game's open. They could expect a pass, whatever the case is, and then we just keep chugging the ball right down the middle. Uh, So them them touchdowns, I feel like we'll be in the red zone a lot more often as we was in 2017, and it will happen. Uh, I did give him more fumbles this year than he's had in his entire career, which was two in one season. Last year, he had zero out of the eight games he played. 
Uh, but this she, this season coming up, I'm going to give him three fumbles. Now, that's not a bunch, of course, because, you know, but it is more than what he's ever had in one season. Uh, but when you get the ball that much, you're bound to fumble that much more clearly because of, uh, you know, just based on based upon your carries. Um, for my next player, we're going to split sides of the ball with two offense, two defense. The first one on defense is Jalen Ramsey. Um, clearly, the city and in, in, in the country is one of their favorite receivers, easily easily hated and uh, easily liked as a football player. Um too much swag if you ask me, but not, you know, it's never too much swag because that's our boy Jalen. Um, last year, Jalen went, you know, full season. Well, yeah, full season. Uh, he had uh, 65 combined tackles, 60, 62 total tackles, 13 pass deflections, and three interceptions. Um, obviously not bad at all. It's Jalen Ramsey. Next year, I got him going 16 games again. Um, let's say regular season if, you know, if we do get into, um, the playoffs, let's go regular season. I got him going, you know, 16 games. I got him going five more, um, combined tackles. Um, I kept him between the 60 and 70 total tackle range, uh, as to what he did last year. He did 62. Um, and for past deflections, he had 13 last year. This year I'm giving him. Coming up 23 to 25. Um, you know, th- this is a year that, you know, Ramsey's, I mean, like I said, I was just saying not, not too long ago, a couple minutes ago, this is an all out year for us. And it's either, you know, nothing or, or, or everything, you know, it's either that it's sad or nothing. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, Jalen don't play good. He's going to be booted, but there's, there was already controversy this year and, and, he was kind of entertaining certain stuff and nothing major, but you know how fans peep everything and players like to keep it going and and absolutely certain players do, certain players don't, and Jalen's one of them that will. So um, Jalen's gonna have to play good, saying all that. And um, so twenty three to twenty five pass deflections, which is almost double, um, if not pretty much is. Um, and I did double. His interceptions from three to six this, this year coming up. Um, and I just feel like he's going to be that more active on defense. I feel like teams may target him more. Uh, we're going to verse some, you know, great offenses coming up between Kansas City. And and, and I think that's our, our first game of the regular season. But, you know, that that's just one team. But, you know, I can name a few more. But point is, we're going to versus some great quarterbacks. And it's going to, especially in our own division, between Luck, between, you know, Deshaun when he can throw and he's been consistent, and then Mariota if he's on the field. Um, I'm not too worried about Blaine Gabbert because then they're just going to get the ball to Derrick Henry. But I, I feel like this is the year and more is going to be on Jalen. I think AJ is going to have to have a great year as well. I feel like he's a little under under the radar, um, not – you know, right under there, but as far as to, for what you're getting paid, you need to show up, you know. Uh, next next and last defensive player, we're going to go ahead and give it to our first round seventh pick, Josh Allen. Uh, man, I was going through his stats his senior year in Kentucky, and my goodness. My, like, gosh, like, golly, like, 13 games, 56 solo tackles, 88, 88 total tackles in 13 games. 88, 13 tackles. 88 tackles in 13 games. <laughs> 17 sacks. 17 sacks and five forced fumbles. I guess I don't watch enough, enough college football to be like, wow, like, hey, this guy had better stats than that. This guy had better stats than him. Like, But that's eye-popping. And, and I could see why he was one of the top prospects in the draft. I could see from right there. And, and clearly the draft is not about the combine. It's not about how much you lift. It's. I mean, it isn't. These little things are in certain ways. It's not about how fast you run at your position at certain positions. It's not about any of that. It's about how well you played in the game. The hype coming out of the college, the college football season, is the hype it should be. Not the combine hype. Not the pre-draft hype. If a player is great coming out of the season, that player should stay on a coach's or a recruiter's list as far or a scout's list, not a recruiter. Um, they should stay on their list because that, that's how good of a player they are. They make an impact in the game. It's not about how well individually they look. 
and they move and, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe if you want to know how fast the receiver, these receivers are and these running backs are, yes, yeah, beautiful platform. But all these other things aren't as important, and 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 that doesn't, you know, that just just doesn't define how good of a player he is. You know what I'm saying? So. Let's cut to it. 56 solos, 88 total tackles, 17 sacks, 5 forced fumbles in 13 games. Now, usually a rookie, um, if they do start or if they do get a lot of PT anyway uh, in their rookie season, they start to slow down. They tend to say, hey, this is, you know, it's not on them, but they're used to playing four years of college football, maybe two or three, depending on if they started or not. And in Josh Allen's case, he pretty much started three years. His, his sophomore year wasn't that big of a year. But he did get his feet wet his freshman year, got it kind of soaked his sophomore, and then he just went all out junior, uh, senior. But his his uh, rookie year, I got him won 16 games, full healthy season, 70 solo. That jumps from 56 to 70, I, I believe, you know. Obviously, three more games in the NFL. Um, and he's going to have a lot of production, I feel like, just coming out. Uh, 90 total tackles. So... Three more games, two more tackles, but like I said, that that fatigue uh, mentally and physically comes in, 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 and I feel like that's going to get him slow him down. But still, 90 total tackles as a rookie is is amazing, so uh, we'll see. But being as talented as he is and and wanting him to play as great as he is, that's why I'm giving them these these stats and what it could be and what I hope it is. Um, He's not getting 17 sacks his rookie year. There's no way i mean it's just it's just logical anyway um who knows but i got him going six sacks instead of 17 um and three forced fumbles i feel like he's gonna make a huge impact he's gonna be a great um consistent player reliable player for us it's gonna show why we did a great job getting him as the best player instead of our team need which was it tight end um or i feel like o-line that we could have win but i feel tight end was going to be a position with tj hawkinson if we didn't go josh allen um so it's going to prove that this was a great draft for us and especially the first round and it's going to be huge for us um moving on um my afc south predictions I'm not going to be too, um, too, how can I say it, like precise on the records and wins and losses, which I should be, uh, but I'm not going to today. Um, from first to fourth, I'm going to give us the win because I feel like if we're fully healthy, the team's clicking, you know, no problems on or, or, or really off the field. Uh, everybody's doing their job. The Jags are the best team in the, in, in the AFC South, hands down. Um, I could be a little biased <laughs> because, you know, uh, but I think the Jags, they are the best team. Uh, second is a, is a, um, it's going to be tricky because it, it could be the Titans and it could be the Colts, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Colts. Um, they just, they just added some receiving pieces. They already have Eric Ebron who's had a heck of a year last year. Um, and that was a great pickup for them a year ago in the offseason of free agency. Um, that I think the Jags should have done with the Eric Ebron. But, you know, they did that. Obviously, that great style defense, and they've added some running backs as well. So, I think the Colts are going to do it um, for a second. For third, I'd give it to Tennessee. Fourth, I'm going to give it to Houston. Um, I think Colts go to the wild card. I think they have a good enough record, and they beat us once. So they get that wild card spot. You know, clearly I think they beat everybody once. I think they go four and four in the division, if not five and three. Um, maybe beating out Houston twice. Um, but they're they're not gonna beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville. It's just it's not gonna happen. Um so I can give that give the Colts that um I'd say nine and nine and seven type of uh thing where, you know, they beat enough teams, they look good, they won enough in the division where they'll have a better record than another team that could make it, but you know, they won out more kind of in the division than that other team did who was 8-8 eight and eight or possibly 9-7 and uh, seven as well. So, I'm going to go ahead and give the Colts that wild card spot. And the Jags go ahead and get that divisional that first week by. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how that'll go. Um, but the, the Titans don't make it and Houston doesn't make it for sure. Um, let's switch it up. Let's go back to rookies like we was talking about with Josh Allen. 
Um, let me slide up on this real quick. Okay, yeah. So like we was talking about with Josh Allen, um, the least I think in, in this this subject here is uh, the rookie quarterbacks who will have the least, who will make the most, and then who will have the least impact um, in their first seasons as quarterbacks. Right now, I got um, Kyler Murray. These are my four quarterbacks that we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into. Um, who we're gonna discuss? Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, and Will Greer. Um, as you know, Kyler Murray went to the Arizona Cardinals, first pick. Haskins went to um, the Redskins, Drew Locke. He went to the Giants, and Will Greer went to the Panthers. Now, it's interesting because you said Will Greer, probably half of y'all don't even remember that he got drafted or probably didn't even know. Uh, and if you did, you're like, okay, the Panthers, why Why would he have any role at all? Well, let's talk about Drew Locke first. Or, uh, Drew Locke. <laughs> Let's talk about Will Greer first. Will Greer um, is a talented young sniper, in my opinion, where that guy can just throw it and put that thing on the money. Um, Cam Newton is is America's favorite quarterback. I feel like with the Jalen situation, he's easy to love and easy to hate. Um, but I will, I will say that if any injury or anything happened to Cam, it's going to be scary in Carolina because Will Greer is going to ball out. He's not a super tall quarterback who can see over the pocket and just stand like a, a stout guy. Nah, he's going to he's gonna move around a little bit. He may stand in that pocket, and he's going to dart that thing downfield. I think he's a perfect fit for Carolina, and that's why they went with him. But him and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield is is nice. It's complimentary. Uh, complimentary. Sorry about that. Uh, I think that's it's just another huge thing, and and he's gonna do things that the Carolina fans are gonna love. The 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 staff is gonna be like, hey, like this guy is, this is a great pick, and, and you know, I think at first it may not mean anything, and if this is if if he gets in the game, uh, if Cam gets hurt or anything like that, um, and they see that and they're like, wow, this guy's really really good actually, um, he can do his thing, and they're gonna be like, okay, well we'll have him as a prime backup, um. And, you know, whatever. But if there's a time where Cam's out four to six to eight games, you know, clearly Will's going to be your guy. And, and, and when they see that he's balling out, they're going to be like, hey, this guy's nice. But my overall projection of him this year, um, say if, you know, he won't do anything if Cam don't get hurt. That's just what it is. Um, he might have a nice offseason. Maybe not. Uh, or not offseason, but preseason. But I do see, you know, if he did get in, if Cam ever got hurt or anything ever happened, um, I think he's going to have a heck of a come out just because he was slept on in the draft and Carolina was, it was able to pick him up. Adam is a nice complimentary backup and, and he's going to come out and ball out. Um, his high school stats were 11 games or not high school. I'm sorry. College his senior year, 11 games, 266 for 397. Not bad at all. Um, he passed for 3,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. 37 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Um, not bad at all, I'd say. Uh, so, you know, I put some comparisons between these these four quarterbacks um, as I'm telling, you know, what my predictions are and, and what they could do this season. Um, now for three potential and who are starter guys coming up. First one. Uh, let's go with the starting quarterback. Y'all going to have fun with this one. I'm going to take on this. Um, I think the GM was asked a question by Rich Eisen on Rich Eisen's show last week, if not the week before. Rich asked him, you know, is Kyler Murray going to start week one? He said, without a doubt, without any hesitation, he said, yes, absolutely. Recently, the head coach was asked if Kyler Murray is going to start, and he said, I don't know. We really love our backup guy, and I forget his name. Uh, so we'll see. We'll find out. So already right there out the gate, and Kyler is going to start. That's just plain and simple. You don't draft the guy first round. You don't give up your future of what was Josh Rosen up for Kyler Murray and just say, oh, we brought in this backup for Josh Rosen, and now we're going to let him start over a guy we just drafted to be our future. Don't happen. It, it's not going to work like that unless Kyler just absolutely is awful, um, which I don't think would happen in offseason or preseason. Um, what I do expect is, well, you know what? Before I give my opinion, let's say this. 
Kyler Murray went 14 games, 260 for 377, not far at all from what Will Greer's passing complete, uh, completion was. But instead, he went 4,300 yards, 4,000 over 4,300 yards, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions, one less interception, ten or uh, let's see, that's five more touchdowns. So clearly, uh, I don't think there's much hype around. There's not much difference, you know what I'm saying, around these guys. The height clearly, but that's not much more because Will's only what six six one. Um, and we know Kyler's 5'10". So, either way, just saying that, stats aren't crazy. It's just going to be his yards, but Kyler did have better receivers. Um, and that's just truth. Now, my honest opinion, week one through week 17 with Kyler Murray, he is going to be a bust. That's just all I can say. Because, you know what, I can actually put in more of that. I'm just going to put that as a perfect statement is he's going to be a bust. I say that because this guy is not the guy to get first pick in the first round and say this is the future. Kyler Murray is one of the quarterbacks who's really, really good. But guys like him in other schools who don't have that baseball hype, who don't have that hype at all, them guys typically go second to third round. Plain and simple. You seen Will Greer? I don't remember if he went third or fourth. I think it was third round he went. Not much different stats. Five less touchdowns. One more interception. He had threw the ball twenty more times. Had six more completions, and that he played three less games than Kyler Murray did. Three less. Granted, I will give this to Kyler. Oklahoma plays better teams in better competition than West Virginia. So, point is, I don't think Kyler's going to have a great year. I think, you know, maybe they may give him another year because, you know, it's in his contract and, and, and things of that nature. I don't think he's the guy they want. And that's just plain and simple. I just honestly think that's that's what's, what it is. Um, an interesting situation. I'm going to lead them both into each other. Um Let's go Dwayne Haskins because I want to save Drew Locke for last. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, 14 games, kind of like Kyler. Um, one more than Drew. Um, 373. He had more than all four quarterbacks combined. 373 completions for 533. This guy's a flat-out quarterback. And this is what was hard for the Giants to go between Haskins and Locke. Really, the Giants were having trouble between Locke and Josh Allen. But as far as quarterbacks go... Um, Dwayne Haskins. Guys, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, 14 more, fourteen games. Him and Kyler had 14 games. Kyler threw for 4,300. Dwayne threw for 4,800. Kyler had 42 tackles. Dwayne, or tackles, I'm sorry, touchdowns. 42 touchdowns. Dwayne had 50. Same amount of games, 50. Like, that's, that's insane. And then he had one more interception than Kyler. Like, that is insane and mind-boggling to me. Um, I think Dwayne Hass is going to have a hell of a year in Washington. I think he's going to ball out. And I don't necessarily know the receivers they have in Washington. I don't think they're great because I haven't – I don't know anybody to remember a name. And that's on me to do a little bit of research and find out. And maybe I'm like, hey, I might know them, them guys or what – but – don't matter. You give this guy a couple receivers and a tight end, and I think they do have a tight end. I don't remember bro's name. Um, but, oh, my goodness. Dwayne House is going to be an elite monster for years in the NFL and in that, um, in that division. And the Giants really messed up because not only did they let that kid go back to his hometown and ball out, that which is what he's going to do, but they play him twice a year. So, um, I think the Giants, that's their biggest regret. But here's my take and what moves me to Drew Locke. Drew Locke's going to start five after the, the first five games of the season. Don't, I can argue all day with you on this one, or anyone, because Locke had one less game than Dwayne or Kyler. 275, 15 more, which was 15 more passes completed than Kyler. 437. A lot more. That's 50 more than Kyler. Uh, completion. So, two, 275 for 437. He threw for 3,400 yards. Way less yards than 
than Kyler, way less than Dwayne, and it's less than Will Greer. And he went 28 for eight touchdowns. 28 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Sorry. Um, I don't think he is the star quarterback. I think he's gonna. He's a really, really, really good quarterback who's put up really good numbers for four years. Four years. The thing with Dwayne Haskins is what made him fall, and he wasn't the number one quarterback, is he only played for one year, started for one year. Uh, I think that was his biggest flaw. But <clears throat> when you're that good and you can come out of the draft or go into the draft and come out of college, you can do that. You That one year, it's going to make you suffer some, but still, you're going to make an impact in the NFL. I think Dwayne's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, not in the NFL, but out of these four guys. Uh, but Drew Locke is going to start after week five. And here's why I want to say that. And that's because um, when Eli wasn't playing well, I forget their backup. But when Eli wasn't playing well, Eli's been on that team forever. They put that man on the bench and disrespected his name. And they put a whole, it was his first year not, y'all remember this. It was his first year not starting at quarterback. And Lord knows how long. Uh, And I think it was. Gino, who was back up, I'm not even a thousand percent sure, but they they made him sit the bench. They took him out the game, and then they didn't let they let a Gino start another game, and that was his, Eli's first game. And, and it was the end of the season. It was already a terrible year, and they said, you know what, let's do this. I mean, that's your star quarterback. You got to give that guy that guy respect. He's won you championships. He's done his thing in there for years in, in New York, and they just they kind of did him disrespectfully. I feel like that's why. Um, Drew's going to come in after five games. The fans are going to want it. They're going to be going crazy at the, 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 the staff's ear. They're going to be chanting at the stadiums. Everyone loves Eli, and they're thankful for what he's done, and they're grateful in New York. But New York is New York. They're blunt as it gets rather than Patriot fans who no one likes. Um, but they want what is to be given, and that's going to be Drew Locke, and, and Drew Locke's going to be put right under the microscope. Fifth to sixth game in the season. That's just that's just all there is to it. Eli's gonna play good, but at the at the point where he's gonna start slowing down and Saquon cannot put that team on his shoulders, that defense is gonna allow some points because they're not the greatest, but they did add pieces in the offseason, especially in the draft. And they got uh Jabril Peppers, but Jabril Peppers isn't what? Um he's not the greatest, but you know, he's really good. But still, you know, these no, not one guy's going to hold the team. But point is, a quarterback's going to have to come in and make plays happen, make move the ball downfield, and do some things. And I can see him before five games, and I could definitely, definitely, definitely see it after the fifth. Um, so yes, I do think Drew Locke is going to have to progress in his first couple of years to three years. I think it's going to be a Mitch Trubisky type of time where. He's going to have a lot of progression where he's going to have to go through. He's going to have aches. I think he's going to um, have to learn how to execute and things like that nature. But that's all things of the quarterback, and that's going to happen, and that's that's just the league itself. But Drew will be the main guy coming up in the fifth to sixth game of the season, maybe before, like I said. Um, but just a heads up, Drew Locke is going to have a pretty good year playing probably 10 to 11 games. Um I think at the most, um, or maybe I guess that'd be the least in New York after his rookie season. So pretty much just to rank them, Dwayne Haskins is going to have a heck of a year coming out the gate. Um, Drew Locke, I'd say second. Kyler would be third. And Will Greer just because he's going to be on the bench. Um, so, yeah, pretty much like that. Like I said, Kyler's going to be a bust if you if that take didn't get you uh, upset or anything like that. Um so either way, all right. Let's go into the next subject or topic. Yes, I got my I got a book with me with stats. Obviously, as I'm reading these things out, I had to get all my stuff and I had to get better with these things, you know, to give you guys better content and uh, things like that. So you know, there's progression for me as well. Um, let's go AFC NFC playoff prediction. I'm gonna go straight off my head on this because, um, hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to give you full games, breakdown, stuff like that. I'm just going to name the top two for the NFC seeds as far as the NFC Conference Championship. Or the, yeah, the NFC uh, Conference. And then the AFC Conference. And then my Super Bowl um, p- prediction. Um, 
I let me just go ahead and make this clear: the Jags are not going to. Well, I absolutely. I'm saying that like a hater. I absolutely love the Jags. Of course, I absolutely want them to make it. I don't think they make it. Kansas City is primed and ready to go, but it will be them in the AFC versus New England, and that's just that is just what it is. That's just what it's going to be because I can pretty much see Kansas City beating the Colts um, towards you know towards the end of that, and I can see the Jags being beat out by uh, by the Patriots again, or vice versa. Us for Kansas City and the Patriots versus the Colts. Either way, because you know the the Patriots always have the Colts number. It'll probably be in Foxborough, and they're great. In the, they're great in the snow or the cold, and, and that's just how it goes. Um, so yeah, that's that's mine on the AFC. I think it's going to be the Patriots and the Chiefs in that. Let me go switch to the NFC. I think it's going to be funny to say this, but it's going to be the Saints and the Rams again. I, I think it's going to be there's a rematch. Everything is going to be a rematch because all four of them teams are talented as it gets. Yeah, the Vikings are really talented, but I don't really see a star standing quarterback. I don't I don't believe was it Sam Bradford over there. I'm not too sure. I can't remember, but I should. But I don't see a standout, a quarterback who's the face of them, and that'll be their problem next year. Uh, of course, Stephon Diggs is great. Of course, Adam Thielen's a monster. Of course, they got Dalvin Cook now, and they they added Alexander Madison, who I said was a sleeper going into the draft. I think what's going to be the biggest sleeper is Alexander Madison because you can't put all that on Dalvin. Um. So, yeah, I, I – uh, and, of course, they have one of the best Tier 1 defenses in the league. But they're going to be beat out by the Saints. If not, the Rams, however it folds and falls down to. Um, I'm pretty sure there's other NFC teams. Like the Redskins, I think they may make it a wild card at the most divisional. Just because of Dwayne. I, I, and it looks like I have big expectations, but that guy's a gunslinger. He's going to throw that thing down the field. He's going to throw interceptions. He's a rookie. He's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. And his second year is going to be amazing. But that's up for another debate and another topic and subject another day. But I think the Redskins could make it to, you know, wild card and at the most divisional. Um, so, yes. So, my NFC is the Rams and the Saints. Um, I'm sorry, but. The Rams are going to beat the Saints again. Um, the Saints, you know, they kind of... I feel like they, they kept the same team. They, they they dropped only a few because they wanted to keep that same team together. But they didn't add as as a lot either. I think they added more, maybe more depth and a little, little talent. Um, but the Rams are primed. I feel like they're ready. Um, we love the... Everybody loves the Rams. Everybody likes Todd Gurley. Everybody, you know, they, they have a... When they're healthy, they're... Going just like every team, they're healthy, they're going. Um, so I got to give the Rams back in the Super Bowl. And my second team, just like we wanted last year, is going to be the Chiefs. I think Andy Reid is done with it, he's tired of the Patriots. Like all of us, all of us fans, all of us teams, tired of the Patriots. Patrick Mahomes is going to make it happen. Ash's bottom line, he's the best quarterback for a reason. He's going to be the first quarterback to get that Madden um, curse off because he's got he's on the new cover of Madden, if you didn't know, Madden 20. Um, and it is a real curse. That curse is legit. It's happened to all them players from uh, Odell. He got cursed with the injury. Uh, who were guys before? I can't remember. Richard Sherman. Um, God, Gronk. Uh, Brady was on there. He didn't have a curse. Maybe I could say Brady. But that's Brady. I mean, that's the goat. That's the greatest to ever play football on that field ever to touch that green grass uh but i'd say i'd say patrick is another quarterback who's going to be primed and he is i mean he's going to lead them guys he's going to go crazy he's going to put up numbers in that almost five thousand yard category i believe um throw for a lot a lot of touchdowns a lot a lot um and he's just going to have a fantastic year it's going to get them to the super bowl it's going to look even better because they beat the Patriots and he's going to put that on his resume to say, hey, I beat Tom Brady this year coming up when, you know, uh, he's at this age and he's won this many. But I think the biggest fall for the Patriots that they 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 went and got ASJ here out of Jacksonville, Austin Safran Jenkins. They put him in uh, the Patriots to plug in uh, as their new tight end. I think that's good. 
but I don't think that's going to be enough. Not based off what he's done here in Jacksonville, but based off his career, based off what I kind of seen he was, he has barely any production. And I think they're aware of that. They're the Patriots. Um, but that's just how it is. I feel like losing Gronk is huge, huge, because there's not much trust in ASJ as it was Gronk, of course, from Brady. Uh, they have a star receiver, but and that was the guy of the draft, but they're not – they don't have them all as they did, and they don't have a Josh Gordon that did help them during regular season that they have they that anymore they don't have. Um, so yeah, I think that's a big impact not having Gronk for that AFC Championship because that's when he's clutch most in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, um, and that's what helps the Chiefs play the Rams. Now, my honest opinion, who wins that game? Uh, I want the Chiefs to win it. I think the Rams are the most sound team from passing and rushing. Uh, but based off, you know what, Patrick is great. Um, and, and we can't fail to mention that whether whatever happens, Tyreek Hill is not going to be on that field. I don't believe, um, as great as he is and they're trying to hold on to it, that's going to be a guy who's going to be on his own. I feel like, uh, soon into the season coming up, uh, around the August area, August, um, time frame and, uh. I think that's big for them, but, you know, they did go out and get a couple guys. They lost, uh, obviously, Chris Conley to us. Or was it Chris Conley? What's that his name? I forget. Uh, they lost him to us, but, you know, they, they Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. He's going to make it happen. I have a lot of faith and trust in him, just like a lot of other people and fans do that are chief fans and that are not. Um, but, you know what? I, I, I Like I said, I, I said the Chiefs, but if I I'm going to say the Rams win it. The Rams didn't lose as much star power as the Chiefs did this year, uh, or the Patriots, you know. And I, th- I think the Rams are going to be, our, our, you know, Super Bowl winners. So that's just my prediction. But that's my hot take on that. So, yeah. Um, and last thing on our NFL topic or you know convo today. Uh, I know we're forty-seven minutes in deep is what it says on my thing here. Uh, I told you guys I, I put it on social media. It's going to be a big day as far as podcast goes, so don't fall out on me yet. All right, so top ten notable free agents who I got so far, and this is this is huge because uh, these free agents are big names, of course, um, but they're guys who are impactful and 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 they can help a team as soon as you plug them in. And they've been on a lot of teams already, and they bounce around. But that's the reason why they haven't been picked up. But here's the guys we got. The Dominican Sue, he's still out there. I think he's got a couple years left until he's going to be retired. Got Ziggy Ansah, who's up in his day, but he's not far from retiring. Um, Morris Claiborne, he was a giant. He was a cowboy. Uh, he's a corner. We got Jamie Collins, the linebacker. Um, I feel like it's going to be like a Patriot pickup, um, just to add back on defense. Um, Jay Ajay, the running back from the Eagles that was traded from the Dolphins. Uh, Corey Liggett. I don't know if most of you guys remember his name. He was a, he was playing for the Chargers forever. Really, really good, really sound, really consistent. But he tore his Achilles. He tore something towards the end of the season. He just had surgery. I feel like that's why he's still at a D tackle. Now I will say real quick that at this this list was updated as of April twenty second on NFL.com. So it is May sixth. Maybe it's May seventh. It's May sixth. So. You know, this could have changed. I doubt it. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin. He's still in there. I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's decent, but, you know, he's a body. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson. He's really good. He was a Jet forever. Glover Quinn. Obviously, he was a Ram at one point. Uh, and then here's the the three that they had um, kind of outside that top 100. Shane Ray. I don't know how the heck Erica Berry is a free agent, and he's out of the top 100 free agents. But Eric Berry. Is still free, um, and then Nick Perry that was a uh, a Packer for a long time. All right, let's go into college football. Let's uh, let's let's hype it up a little bit. Let's get out from the dead. Um, NCAA football, everybody's favorite man. If it ain't NFL, it is college football. Uh, let's go over the current AP poll. ESPN drop as a preseason AP poll. Uh, let's see, I name. I'll name the top 15, just to, because a lot of guys, a lot of these teams, and then I'll give out teams that also aren't in. All right, so number one, Clemson, uh, two, Alabama, three, Georgia, four, Oklahoma, five, Ohio State, six, Notre Dame, seven, Michigan, eight, Florida, nine, LSU, 10, Oregon, 11 is Texas, 12 is Texas A&M, 
13 is Penn State, 14 is UCF, and 15 is Washington. Other notable teams like Auburn's 18, Wisconsin's 21, Syracuse is 22, first time being ranked before the season starts, and Mississippi State is at 25. Um, I think the preseason polls are always fun to talk about for the AP, and it goes a lot off of recruiting. It goes a lot off of court players that stayed and players that left. And how the how the team still looks as far as is it you know is it still there and it's still structured, uh, and also players that may have breakout years in college this year, um, you know them the AP poll like I said they're always fun you can always um, tinker around a lot of fans dislike them because they're not accurate as far as it may seem, but a lot of fans do believe in the hype so they wouldn't believe in what actually is and then a lot of people who make the poll I feel like they believe in the hype because the poll pretty much from the bottom ten pretty much changes. 10 and 25 between that number is completely almost opposite of guys who are in or actually out. And then sometimes who are out or really in uh, as opposed to how they made it. And that's kind of, you know, how it goes. And it's tough to predict every team's future and, and what the rank should be. But, you know, it happens. And, and that's people's job is to, to guess that and figure out how that goes. Uh, playoff predictions. I'm sorry, but Clemson in, in Alabama is going to be there. Right there, one and two. Um, and that's how it goes. But let me say this before I say the next two. Let's go back. Texas A&M currently is ranked number 12. Texas A&M head coach is Jimbo Fisher. Obviously a guy out of Florida State. Jimbo Fisher has had, this is his second season going in. He's had a year to recruit. And really, coaches need two to three years to recruit to get their team and get them to, to produce and progress. Or progress and then produce would be it. He's out a year. Team players have left. Players have came. They transferred. You know, of course, he recruited. They committed stuff like that. Um, don't be surprised if Texas A&M is in the talk at the end of the season to be in the draft. Uh, just huge disclaimer, by the way. I don't think they make it because they they do lose the game to Alabama in the, in the regular season because we are in their division uh, or conference, I'd say. Um, but don't be surprised if Texas A&M is in that top seven, top six, where you hear them knocking on the door. Uh, a team that I'd say three and four will be Oklahoma and Georgia. Um, Georgia, Jake Fromm, outstanding quarterback. They have an outstanding defense. They always have really good uh, receivers, and as we all know, Georgia has the best running backs always, always, always going into the um, season. Yeah, go, yeah, going into the season. Uh, I think they lost uh, – who was their running back? Yeah, they did lose um, Elijah Holyfield, and I think they may have lost another one. I'm not too, too sure. Um, Georgia's still going to be in there. And then Oklahoma. Oklahoma's like, hey, you lost Kyler Murray. Well, they did get the transfer from Alabama, Jalen Hurts. Um and Jalen Hurts, we all know his character. We all know what type of guy he is, what type of player he is. They're going to give him a great running back. They're going to surround him with great receivers. They always have a great O-line, even though they lost four out of the five starters, uh, even in the draft. None of them even went undrafted, I don't believe. No, actually, no. Four of the five declared for the draft. The center stayed. Um, so he's going to have a whole new O-line, but it's Oklahoma. They're going to have a fantastic O-line from what I believe. And that's just what it's going to be. It's going to be... Clemson, I'd give Clemson number one. Alabama's going to have a loss, I believe. Uh, Texas A&M's going to be that loss. Um, I don't know if I said that. I may have said the opposite a second ago. Texas A&M's going to be, they're going to be Alabama this year. Let me let me stand on that. Ten toes down. Texas A&M's going to be Alabama this year. Um, I think it's actually even in Texas A&M as well. So, um, the playoff, you know, that's, that's just what I think it is. Clemson, Alabama. Uh, Oklahoma, then Georgia. Georgia's going to get a tight squeeze, but they're going to make it in there. They have a heck of a season, I think, coming out. Um, I, you know, let's talk this playoff thing. This this kills me and has killed me for the longest. The playoffs should not be four teams. It should be eight teams, and I think it should be the best out of each conference, from the ACC, the Big Ten, the SEC, uh, the Pac-12, uh, you know, like them, them best teams that have the best, the best schedules or the best uh, records that that put out and put on, 
And for those for those eight teams, for those uh those four games, well, that would be what it would be. Yeah. Uh for those first four games, have them games as bowl games. You know what I'm saying? Like make them all bowl games. Bowl games tend to last about a week, two weeks. Make make them things bowl game. Make all the games bowl games. That way the the uh you know, they get their money for what it is, the fans go, then they made it to the bowl game. And even teams that don't make the playoffs, they all get bowl games. But they will anyway. So they should have the, the first eight teams be in the playoffs. All of them get the top bowl games. The rest get the bowl games just like they usually do. Everybody gets their bowl game. But make it a playoff between eight teams. It makes it more exciting. They're going to make more money. It, it, it's going to be upsets, I feel like. You know, one is going to play eight. Two is going to play seven. Three is going to play six. Four is going to play five. That's just how it goes. It's always been like that. Why wouldn't why wouldn't a tournament or playoff be like that? But there's going to be upsets, and that always happens in football. And if it don't, good. It'll happen a year after that because that's just football. That's how it goes. Uh, but they need to make it eight, and I feel like soon in the next, and this is the only soon I can say is five to six years because they're not big on change, and they, they've kept it four years I think now four years for a fourteen playoff bracket. It's just ridiculous to me. So that's my honest opinion on that. Uh, real quick on current uh, recruits, and we'll go to recruiting, and then I'll close the show out and the segment out, and uh, leave you guys ready to drop comments, DMs, whatever. Uh, recruiting right now. Let's go twenty twenty. This next year coming up. Uh, you know, our city we have a lot of guys, a lot of talent in football. Florida is obviously, I think, the best state in football as far as talent and uh, athletes go compared to Texas and Cali and up north. Recruiting right now, top 25. I'll give you guys the top 15 again. Clemson, number one. LSU, number two. Alabama, number three. Four, Miami. Five, FSU. Six, Florida. Seven, Penn State. Eight, North Carolina. Nine, Ohio State. Ten, Georgia Tech. Eleven, Mississippi State. Twelve, Georgia. Georgia's all the way at 12. Thirteen, Notre Dame. Fourteen, Northwestern. Fifteen, Oregon. Um... And here are a few notables for uh, bigger teams, big-name teams that are in the 2020 rankings right now for recruiting. Texas A&M is number 17. Oklahoma's 18. Texas is 22. Michigan all the way at 23 right now. UCF is at 72. This is for our local guys, uh, you know, who, who are fans of UCF, you know, Orlando area, uh, who we know people there in UCF are players. Um UCF is all the way at number 72 right now for ranking, which probably means they have one commit that isn't all of that. Um, and it is going to 2020 year. We still have all of this fall or summer, fall, and then signing day next year. But as to Clemson, LSU, Alabama, Miami, FSU, Florida, them top six <clears throat> are teams that are already making a huge impact early. And that list will change because more will commit all around the nation and as well as to other teams and make that list flip-flop. Although I don't see Clemson, Alabama, LSU going anywhere. Uh, and then we have Texas Tech at 93. I thought that was interesting just because of the quarterbacks they get. And then FAU is unranked. And that's for, again, for a local team. Um, you know, that's just, I feel like it being early in the in, in the 2020 and we're not even there yet. Just for recruiting, it's it, it's stout for Clemson. <clears throat> Real quick, and this is not all of them, but this is per Elite College Football on the Instagram, and I told you guys about this, our, my first podcast. Follow them. They're really active. They're really great. Go give them a follow if you don't already. Co- uh, Elite College Football on Instagram. Um, I'm not too sure about Twitter, but... They had the number one overall D tackle all all together. They had they, they got the number one safety, the number two uh, running back. They got a number three D tackle, and, and this is for that D tackle category. They got the number two and number three D tackle. Uh, they got the number what is this uh, number three cornerback in the nation. They got the number four quarterback in the nation. A, a five, six, and eight. A, a five, six, and eight in the nation in offensive guards, and then. They just landed the number one quarterback. Uh, I don't even, I can't even announce or pronounce his name. I'm not going to give it a try, but he just signed, like I said, to Clemson. He came from uh, St. Bosco High School. If you don't know, you know. And if you don't know yet, then go look on Instagram uh, at Clemson's new recruiter. Just look online at the new uh, number one quarterback uh, signing to Clemson or committing anyway. Remember the 2020 guys. Um, and, and 
I mean, Clemson is just who would not want to play for Dabo Swinney in that championship organization? I mean, it's just it, it's it's standout from beginning to end, top to bottom, from staff to players. Them guys are not just players. Them guys are great people that are on that football team, and them coaches are great guys on that football team. Nobody's out there to up one. Nobody's out there to get a contract or get the money. Everyone's out there to progress players, make them better men on and off the field as husbands, fathers, brothers, sons, nephews, or uncles, all that stuff. And that's that's their goal, and Dabo, he preached and harped on that um, at their spring game that I talked about not too long ago either. Uh, and, and that's just what they do. And that's a fantastic job by Dabo as building that culture as a, for the coaches and for the players. And it's only going to get better in Clemson. And that's why more and more players are committing and, and they're loving that, organ, that, that team, that school. Um, I'd say school rather than an organization. Um, but, yeah, man, Clemson is just – they are doing it right now. As an Alabama fan, I hate to hear it. I hate to say it, but that is just what it is. Real real recognizes. Real is, is a saying I could say for that, and that is just what it is. Um, guys, I appreciate you guys if you stuck around this long. It was a fun podcast. It was a uh, stat filling for sure. Uh, I had some hot takes, and, uh, you know, you guys may love them. You guys may hate them. I love the haters. They make it real juicy and fun to talk about it and conversate. Um, especially guys who also disagree because I'd love to prove points and as well as other people do, they'd prove points since, you know, nobody's ever really right on these situations. It's just opinions. Um, yeah, so I appreciate you guys for sticking around. Uh, I'm going to, you know, have these things on, uh, more platforms coming up soon. Uh, thank you guys for listening and, uh, make sure you follow me on everything. Follow me on Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things. It shouldn't be hard to put in my name and it should be in all those things. Um, not Snapchat anyway, you wouldn't have to worry about that, but thank you guys for listening and yeah.